time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Respectfully submitted for your perusal, a canimate. Height a little over nine feet. Weight in the neighborhood of 350 pounds. Origin unknown. Motives? Therein hangs the tale. For in just a moment, we're going to ask you to shake hands figuratively with a Christopher Columbus from another galaxy and another time. This is The Twilight Zone. Episode 89 of The Twilight Zone was to serve man. And and Sean, I think we've both been looking forward to this one. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I... I've always hesitated to like name, you know, even some to, to make some episodes to make it to uh, the Mount Rushmore, but just watching this again, it, if it's not my favorite, then I I think it's hands down the best episode of the series. I think so uh, for, for me as well. Um, You know, it it probably doesn't have the most to say of of any episode. Sure. I think just like the, the combination of just, um, you know, sort of Twilight Zone-ish and and just to, to this day, no matter how many times I've seen this episode, not to get into spoiler territory, but the second that uh, Susan Collins says it's a cookbook, I laugh right. every time. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> – and I mean there's there's a certain – there's a certain bit of, of, of Mr. Ed um, in the way the candidates uh, talk and – I whenever I think of Mr. Ed, it reminds me of this one Mr. Show bit where like a heroin junkie uh, was was talking like Mr. Ed. And so it just, it makes the episode a little bit more like unintentionally comical, <laughs> um, right. just like, you know, when the, the cookbook line. Um, but it doesn't take away from how great the, the episode is, honestly, for me, at least. Yeah, and it's uh, it's another one of the episodes that was uh, directly parodied on The Simpsons, so that that certainly helps too. <laughs> it's that that parody, of course, was so cemented in my mind that there's been um, this time may have been the first in a long time that I've uh, rewatched it where I wasn't expecting them to like blow off like dust on the cover to reveal more of a title. <laughs> Because I like that parody is so ingrained in me that like I thought that it was just that was just the way the episode was. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, th- and this is also uh, an episode that factors into uh, the Naked Gun, one one of the Naked Gun movies. I'm not right. sure which which one it is. <laughs> um, but uh, there, there's a scene where like everybody's panicking, and um, uh, the the guy who actually plays Chambers uh, is, is the actor who runs by holding it and saying it's a cookbook it's a cookbook (laughs) oh great acting all around too yeah um you know uh one of the generals um i recognized him from uh ironically enough the spirit of st louis the movie um which is a, a jimmy stewart movie that that bombed spectacularly but i i really enjoy because because i'm i'm weird of course. <laughs> um, so, so I reckon I, I do know that he was, uh, you know, I've seen him in other, th- at least one other thing. Uh, but I don't think that, you know, anybody else really jumps out at me as being uh, somebody, you know, who achieved any, any note. Yeah. I mean, the only other one is um, the, the, the alien, you know, I recognize him from Jaws, uh, Jaws uh, in, in uh, what was it? Moonraker. 
Yeah, and I saw a quote, um, you know, uh, the at the Night Gallery Twitter account uh, was was tweeting up a storm during the yeah. Twilight Zone marathon uh, over New Year's. And they they tweeted a quote from him that basically said, you know, all the roles that I've done, all anybody ever wants to talk to me about is a stupid alien. <laughs> where all awesome. I did was try to walk around looking scary. <laughs> well, he did a good job. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. like when I saw this as a kid, I was I was terrified. And I'm not sure who you would pick, you know, to to be like that that sort of character because, you know, uh, he's he's obviously tall enough. I, I'm sure they did things to make him taller, but he's he's probably tall enough on his own to be menacing. Yeah. Um. And I, I don't know that there's an actor right now that you could pick. You know, like when when they did a episode that was you know inspired by this in the Jordan Peele episode. Oh God, I, I, the I worst thought, episode. Yeah, it, it, I, and I think it's the last one, isn't it? So it's it such a bad one to to uh, to end the series on. Uh, the, the aliens just <laughs> the, the aliens just didn't look. Um, yeah, it's the Twilight Zone curse to end bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the aliens just didn't look menacing to me. They just it, yeah. and they tr- it tried to be like a co- like a comedic episode. It was just that whole thing was weird. Yeah, it it like th- this one is very comedic. There's there's lots of uh, really funny moments in it, but they're un. You know, I, they're intentional, but but the way that they're presented, it's not, <laughs> you know, ham fisted and, and like even even when like Chambers breaks the fourth wall at the end, right? It's it, it's all great. This whole episode's fantastic. Yeah. So the uh, the episode starts with uh, Chambers just sort of laying in his um, in his uh, I. I I, I would say it's just his room. Like it's probably a cell, but yeah, it's just his his room on a spaceship, and uh, he's he's talking to, you know, a, a disembodied voice, and he asks what time it is, and and that sort of like goes into a flashback of of you know the the story here, and uh, my all time favorite moment in this episode. Well, okay, so my favorite moment is when she she says it's a cook. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. But uh, my second favorite moment is, okay, so the the Canimates land on Earth, right? And they immediately make a beeline for the United Nations. Yeah. And which is actually understandable. I can, I can see that. Well, not to the one guy at the UN when they're like, uh, they said, uh, well, we just get note that the, the spaceship land uh, a couple blocks from here. And then you can hear in the background somebody saying, that close? So it's like, well, where did you expect him to go? Manhattan, Kansas? Like... Yeah, I I guess so. Um, but uh, uh, so as soon as the candidate actually, you know, walks in and, and they basically just show him walking in. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, cuts to a commercial, you know, with uh, a Rod Serling's uh, narration, which uh, so is uh, is uh, is really, really great and, and, and fitting. Um, <laughs> but so when they come back and they're talking to the candidate and the guy who's. You know, I guess it's the sec- supposed to be the Secretary General of the UN. Yeah, and he says, you know, something like, "Would would you be willing to be questioned here?" And he says, "There's representatives here from most of the important countries." <laughs> yes. Would you be willing to be interrogated here? And at this time, there are UN delegates present of most of the important countries. <laughs> it's such a good line. Which I, I don't know if that was just like a throwaway line or if that was actually like. Like they, the they knew what they were doing with that line. 
Well, you know, I mean, I, I also appreciated that, you know, before they got into just the nailing of the Argentinian and Russian accents, really, really nuanced uh, acting there. Right. Um, yeah. That they're like the vision of like the UN is like 30 white guys and a Japanese dude. <laughs> It really is, isn't it? Which I guess in the 60s, probably all the quote-unquote important countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which reminds me, um, as I was watching the the uh, the Twilight Zone marathon, um, the uh, the episode with Orson Bean, uh, I'm drawing a blank, <laughs> where he's, he's uh, Henry W. Beavis, or mm. whatever his name is. Yes. And uh, he's driving that that old old and busted Model T, uh-huh. And he has a bunch of like a group of kids from the neighborhood, like give him a pushing start. Like they. Right. Right. And that that like group of kids, I was like, I even just noticed it like like it was it was almost heartwarming that it was a, it was, you know, like three white boys, three black boys and a couple girls. And I'm like, uh, why? Really? <laughs> what neighborhood is this in the 60s? It's the Twilight Zone, Keith. Yeah, but but a certain you know that was more representative of the world than the United Nations when the Cadmets visit. <laughs> and there's the message that Rod Serling's trying to communicate to us. <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty much. Um, so the uh, the Cadmet uh, addresses the UN, and he basically says, "Hey, you know, we we uh, we've solved all of our problems, and we'd like to go around uh, solving everybody else's. So uh, why don't we do that?" And there's only one person who uh, who seems a little gives him the side eye a, a little bit, and that's the that's the Soviet ambassador. And the guy who plays him, like he's hairy, he's not wearing a shirt underneath his jacket. It looks like, um, and it, he he's just portrayed as like I don't know if if you were to tell me like they cut a scene where he like chugged a bottle of vodka, I'd, I'd believe you. Well, no, there, there's a there's a scene later where they're showing a bunch of people waiting in line for right, uh, yes. you know, for the ship, and that's the only time we see him again. And uh, he basically says, "Oh, this is such a great chance to you know spread peaceful coexistence throughout the universe." Yeah. And he says, "Get out of my way! I have a diplomatic visa and runs from the <laughs> ship." Which 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 is perfect, not not just for the Soviet Union. Oh my but, god! <laughs> uh, j- just about anybody involved in you know politics, international politics, that that, that pretty much nails them. I mean, that's a pretty sophisticated analysis of how we viewed the Soviet Union in the sixties, rightfully so. But you know, yeah, and and it's it's gotten to the point where it's literally anybody, any politician, you, you expect them to act like that. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that? They hired the guy to play the Canimates, uh, and then they were like, holy crap, this guy can't talk or act, so we're going to just kind of make up the part where his mouth doesn't move. Um, or yeah, and he says that in his like very first opening remarks at the UN that uh, <laughs> he you know, really basically he says we're so much more advanced uh, than than you are. Talk. Uh, we we don't even talk. the The voice you're hearing is mechanical. Um. <laughs> And, and, and it's yeah, so that's, uselessly that's a, expository. That, that's a really good question. Like, like I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the videos of Star Wars when they were actually filming it. So, um, uh, the the guy who played Darth Vader in the in the suit, yeah, he's actually saying all the lines. And oh wow! He, and he just sounds like, um, he, he sounds like the pimple faced teen on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just picture like that guy. I, I think it's Hank Azaria that does that character. Um, yeah, that sounds like it. The, just picture like manager. just picture that character <laughs> voicing all the lines for Darth Vader behind a mask because he's still got the mask on, so he's got to say the lines through the mask. It's like <laughs> you're you're gonna give me the plans now. <laughs> Look inside yourself. You know it to be true. Yeah, that, that's that's literally that's what a it little March like. Simpson. <laughs> so <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's tough to tough to say like. Like Jaws didn't talk, did he? Uh, I, I don't know because I've never seen a James Bond movie. So really, I, I remember a lot of groaning. Um, it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like he would be a uh, a very talkative character. No, no. Because um, I think that was the one with Christopher Walken, and he did most of the talking. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about he right. Was real Christopher talking in that movie. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so my guess is that um, you know I, I could go either way on that, but but that's a that's a really good question. I I wonder if you know in any of the trivia that that you could find about this episode if they would actually say why that was the case. It it, it does make them not not necessarily more menacing, but it does just like sort of add to the weirdness of the canon. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean I'm it, it it's a perfect touch. Either way, especially because I don't know that that he's playing all of the candidates, but they all look enough alike that to yeah. have them also sound alike. It, it's it, it adds to it, too, for sure. Uh, so anyway, after he. Uh, um, so he he gives his little speech at the U.N. and, and basically just says, you know, we're, we're so much more advanced than everybody else that we've uh, solved all our problems and we want to solve yours, too. Uh, he leaves a, a book behind. <laughs> and uh, the the military intercepts the book and uh, they give it to uh, Chambers to try to decipher it, Chambers and his team. Uh, and then the UN decides that, uh, you know, we're not going to we're not going to buy everything that these aliens are saying at face value. So we're going to have them uh, undergo a lie detector test, <laughs> which is not even admissible in our own courts. Yeah, we're going no. to stake the destiny it, of the entire planet on one. Yeah, it's not admissible in, in courts now, let alone, you know, the 1960s <laughs> when it probably would have been considered, you know, technological mumbo jumbo. <laughs> well, this is just a bunch of waves on a piece of paper, see? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like you said, we're going to pin the entire future of our, <laughs> of our society on that. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, uh, you know, like, like. If somebody then was saying, well, you know, they're probably, they're probably invading, um, <laughs> you know, the, the response might be, well, you know, if they were invading, they would have, you know, they, they would have done it by now. They wouldn't act like they were friendly. Yeah. yeah. But the only reason that they would act friendly is if they were going to eat us. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, they don't want they don't want to murder us all um you know right away and you know maybe they don't have the technology for an all-out takeover and so they're just taking us as quickly as they can eat exactly yeah um as soon as uh it's like uh i like to think that there's you know that, that they're watching us and <laughs> and it's and it's like a, a lobster in the tank where <laughs> the, the candidates are literally like i want that one Ooh, that one. <laughs> By the way, I um, they like they listed his uh, his physical stats, uh, the mm -hmm. cannabis, 
at a nine and a half feet, 375 pounds, or maybe nine feet, 375 pounds. And I was like, I don't know if that's like, is that too skinny? But nope, it's like, I, I checked like the BMI scale. <laughs> it's like right in the middle of like, what's healthy. Well, I, I was about to say 375 pounds. That's actually, that's actually not that high for Americans these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if you're nine feet tall. Yeah. I mean, Shaq's like th- 330 and seven feet, something like that. You, you know, he was when he was playing. Mm. I would imagine now that he's not uh, not quite as physically active, he's probably gone up a bit. It's true. It's true. I mean, he, he still looks still looks pretty good and healthy on on TV, but I would imagine the 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 weight has probably probably gone up just a I bit. Can't I can't mean, believe you're roasting Shaq on our podcast. <laughs> you look at you look at Jordan and uh, Jordan again for you know what is he like fifty eight, fifty nine? Yeah, something still, like that. Still looking pretty good, but if you look at a picture of him when he was when he was playing. He's a little bit uh, chunkier than them. And just, and uh, probably a snappier dresser now, though. He is, yeah. But I, I don't know <laughs> if that's if that's, if that's that's him or, uh, you know, style has progressed just a little bit. I but, think it's uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so where were we in the story? Uh, um, I, I believe that... Um... Uh, he was he was strapped up to the uh, lie detector. Oh, that's right. Uh, it's not admissible in court, but we're going to use it to decide if yes. these aliens are are good guys or not. And uh, he he passes the lie detector test. Passes it. Yeah, which I, I, I would assume they didn't tell him how it works because it seems like, you know, I, obviously in retrospect, it was easy to fool, but it seems like it would be easy if you knew how it worked. You'd, it would be pretty easy to fool. They spent like three pages of dialogue explaining to the audience how it works. Well, yeah, that's because, you know, a lie detector test was probably a new idea in 1960. <laughs> how did you get to this planet? Walking in a spaceship. Ding, ding, ding. Well, and, and it's funny because, and this might be why the lie detector test didn't work, you know, within the within the story, is they're asking them really dumb questions. Like, you know, if the yeah. idea of a lie detector test is they're supposed to sense that you're under stress because... Um, you know, that that's going to change your, your physical reaction. Um, it, it seemed like you'd ask him like, you know, have you ever cheated on, on your wife canimate? <laughs> you know, something, something that, that would be stressful to answer, but you know, wouldn't be related to why are you here? Are you going to eat us? I mean, it's, it's basic. <laughs> it's basic <laughs> lie detector tests. Yeah, it's a it's a situation where I I wish I was the like if we're going to do the lie detector test, I wish I was the right. giving, giving the questions because clearly they didn't think about no, this. No, well, when we when we rewrite the uh, the fourth iteration of the or fifth iteration of this uh, series, we'll make a few changes. <laughs> well, at least it would only be the third iteration of to serve man. It's true. It's true. Uh, so anyway, uh, while he's answering uh, questions, Chambers and his team are still trying to decipher the title. And uh, at one point, they they do very, you know, fairly quickly. Uh, they are able to translate the title as "to serve man," and uh, they think this is good news. I mean, it makes sense, right? To serve man, I I guess to, to be to be a servant to man on Earth. Well, you'd think you would actually word it that way. You would say to be a servant of man. <laughs> In not, no way is this document 
to serve humans. <laughs> How to serve 40 humans. <laughs> um, Over a bed of rice. <laughs> so the, uh, the humans, uh, after they pass the lie detector test, you know, they, the, the humans, everybody lays down their arms. They all join hands. They're seeing Kumbaya. Mm-hmm. And uh, gradually, you know, more and more people are leaving to go to the Canimate homeworld. Canimidia, uh, I guess. <laughs> that makes sense I, to me. I, I guess you're all, um, But uh, uh, Chambers and uh, I, I'm not sure if Susan Cummins' character actually has a name or not. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's Patty. We'll, we'll yeah, go Patty. With Patty. Yeah. Um. But they're still trying to figure out to serve man. But they have they have a uh, a nice little conversation where uh, they both mention that they're trying to go to the the Canimate homeworld, right? And uh, th- then it just sort of flashes to uh, Chambers just about to get on the ship. While uh, you look and and apparently just before they get on the ship, they have to be weighed. Yeah, <laughs> which you probably wouldn't think that much of because they're going to space. Sure, but, but the Canimate has such a grin on his face. Yeah, I know. You'd I have to think nice something's touch. wrong there. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah, that 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 really was a nice touch. So right right after he gets off the scales and he's about to climb on board the ship, uh, Susan Cummins says, uh, "Don't get on that ship." Uh, the rest of the book. It's a cookbook. Mr. Chambers, don't get on that ship. The rest of the book, to serve men, it's, it's a cookbook. <laughs> it's, and man, she gives it her all. It's such a good reading. And honestly, that little like bit of action where the Canimate is closing up the, the ladder uh, while Chambers is kind of like struggling inside, that's a, you know, it's a good piece of you know, physical acting there too. It is, yeah. And uh, once again, they they borrowed the ship from Forbidden Planet. Yeah, <laughs> is, is that true? To be, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, uh, so, so my question is this: so, I I was watching very closely as I was watching this uh, particular yeah. episode. Okay, Chambers hears it. It looks like the like the the I don't know what you'd call him, like security guard. Or, or maybe he's just like a like a steward from the ship. Yeah, he's standing next to the stairs, and he has sort of a concerned look on his face. So we're assuming he heard it, and obviously uh, Susan Cummins' character, uh, we'll call her Patty. Yeah, she knows it, right? But no one else. Like, there, there's a lot of people in line behind. Sure. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. Nobody's paying any attention to what she's saying. I just assume that like, because as the uh, ship with chambers takes off, the the candidate kind of like raises his hands. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't know if he's seeing off uh, the spaceship or I don't know if he's about to like zap everybody who heard that it's a cookbook. Yeah. Because my, my thought when I was watching this for, you know, like the 72,000th time, (laughs) It's like, what happens immediately after that? Like, do, do they just act like it didn't happen? They, they you know, rush Patty off to, you know, probably to uh, to just, just kill her because she knows what's yeah. going on. Because, like, if you're the Canimates and you're, and you're trying to, like, nobody's coming back. 
So nobody's going to know that you're eating the humans. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and like, there's, there's one, there's that one scene where they're, it's a little heavy handed because it seems like it takes forever where they're like, Oh yeah. And uh, they give you a thousand dresses for free. And then uh, there's, they've got a sport like baseball over there and it's a billion years and it takes only a couple days. And um, the, uh, that one lady says my wife or my, my cousin or sister wrote to me and told me how great it was. Mm-hmm. So I assume that if there's any contact at all, like it's being, you know, uh, manipulated by the candidates back home to encourage more people to be okay taking that trip if they're on the fence. Yeah, either it's a candidate actually writing the letter or, yeah, yeah, or maybe yeah. they, you know, occasionally they they take a, a group on a tour around just – and let them report back home yeah. just so that there's information coming back home. But it, but it, it would be long before, uh, before dinner time. Yeah, exactly. So – I'm expecting that they, that they probably like rounded up anybody that they thought heard about them and either you know killed them immediately or put them in a work camp or something. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's the way it seems to be going. And I mean, it's it's a dark ending, man. I mean, you know, when they go back to chambers in the cell that we saw them in the beginning, like it's it's not a happy ending. <laughs> no, it is funny that uh, um, you know. The uh, the cannabis at the end comes in and says, you know, you should eat. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't want you to lose weight. <laughs> and then uh, and then I think so he says, uh, you know, are you here on Earth or on the ship with me? I guess guess it doesn't matter because sooner or later we'll all be on the menu. All of us. Yeah, I, it's such a great such a great uh, ending. And um, I love uh, uh, Sterling's closing narration because he says, you know. The metamorphosis from being the ruler of a planet to an ingredient in someone's soup. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> what else can you say about the episode? It's it's just so good. And I mean it it deserves every, you know, you know, piece of praise and you know the, the parodies that it's gotten and stuff like that. It's it's just it's what the Twilight Zone is. There's yeah. not really like a, a major message behind it or anything like that. It's just fun. It's really fun. It's it's fun. It's a goofy episode, you might say. It is a goofy episode, gosh darn it. The recollections of one Michael Chambers with appropriate flashbacks and soliloquy. Or more simply stated, the evolution of man. The cycle of going from dust to dessert. The metamorphosis from being the ruler of a planet to an ingredient in someone's soup. It's tonight's Bill of Fare from the Twilight Zone. Gabatron? It's a cookbook!